Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton and Corinne Bursa with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Corinne, how are we doing? We are doing great. It's a great Friday. It's been a really good week, really busy, but good progress on all fronts. Agreed. Agreed. The Braves have rattled off three wins in a row. In a row, yes. Uh, <laughs> it has been, it's, been, it's been a productive week, um, but it's also been a, a week full of common themes. Lots of exper- uh, chatter and conversations and improvements around experiences, mm-hmm. whether they're customer experience, uh, supplier experience, uh, user experience, a good old UX. Uh, in fact, there's been as much interest, I think, in supply chain as there has been in, in user experience and the rest of these experiences. So today's show, we're going to dive in deeper in that, aren't we, Corinne? Yeah, it's a really important topic, Scott. Um, this, What I like about that focus is it keeps the end user, the consumer of whatever technology you're developing in mind, and how do we make it simple and easy for them to get access to the information they need. And one of the things I love to say on uh, Tech Talk, which is all about digital uh, supply chain, is with good insights, we've got the opportunity to replace risky inventory, right, with valuable insights. And this customer experience and tapping in to transform that data is so important. So I can't wait to hear what our guests have to say. I love that. And by the way, Talking about uh, things that are uh, hot and in demand, Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast has been killing it, Corinne. What's the secret sauce? Hey, the secret sauce is the Supply Chain Now team. I think we've had some really, really great guests. So kudos to them because they really bring some important perspectives to the market. But the ability to get it out there and get it into the channels and in front of our, our community members, man, all that credit goes to our Supply Chain Now team. Well, speaking of great guests, uh, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, by the way, our, our team is, is top-notch, world-class, but great guests usually equal a great show. And today, we've got two outstanding business leaders that folks are going to hear about, Zaheer Palampour and Stacy Warthen, both with Azul Arc. So stay tuned momentarily. We're going to have Zaheer and Stacy join us. But uh, we're going to say hello to a few folks momentarily, Corinne. But I want to share a couple of quick announcements really quick. Does that, does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me what's going on. There's lots of good stuff on the horizon. Oh, there's a ton. There is a ton. And we're going to start with uh, this webinar coming up on August 18th with our great friends at Quip and Alloy. And it really focuses on Quip's omni-channel journey. And I'll tell you, uh, as Amanda has told me and as I've learned in doing my homework here, Quip is creating those raving vans that every organization's after. So y'all can learn a lot more by joining us on this webinar, August 18th, 12 noon. The link is in the show notes. And then Corinne, uh, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be joining me and Greg and Kevin and Kelly and a slew of other business leaders at Loris' series big event in September, right? Absolutely. I, I'm really looking forward to that event. Uh, lots of great insights, industry trends. And of course, Laura will be talking about supply chains to admire and some of the common threads that she sees as she evaluates 
just hundreds of companies on an annual basis. So lots of good stuff to come. Agreed. And y'all can learn more about uh, this event uh, at SupplyChainInsightsGlobalSummit.com. Links in the show notes as well. Supply Chain Now is very pleased to be the exclusive uh, host of the virtual uh, version of the conference. So September 7th is when the party starts. Y'all join us. And then finally, if my mouse is working correctly here today, um, we're really close. So we've been finalizing this big event in December, uh, the 2021 Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, a global event, really celebrating all the great news uh, that uh, comes from this, the year that, that will be uh, go down in many folks' <laughs> um, um, journal and, and history as, as quite a year to get through. We've got a lot to celebrate. Um, so nominations are open for these awards. Registration, I believe, is open. And we're going to be moving into full promotion here uh, in the next few days. So, Corinne, there's always time and good reason to celebrate good news, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, each and every one of you know somebody in the marketplace that you're working with uh, that has done some extraordinary things over the past year. So uh, don't hesitate to nominate them. Agreed. Uh, SupplyChainProcurementAwards.com is where you get more information. And uh, part of this event, Corinne, uh, we're going to be partnering with Hope for Justice, a global Mm -hmm. nonprofit that goes to attack and eradicate the world of slavery yep. and human trafficking. Yep. And all the nomination fees uh, are going to be donated to Hope for Justice, as well as a big chunk of any proceeds from sponsorship and whatnot. So all the more reason to come celebrate good news with us December 8th. Okay, so Corinne, that brings us to giving some shout outs to folks that uh, tuned in for today's conversation, right? All right, let's see who's with us. Let's see. Shrinivas is back from India via LinkedIn. Great to see you here, Shrinivas. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, Peter Bole, all night and all day, is back with us, old PB. Uh, <laughs> hey, Peter. It's good to have you here. <laughs> what We can't have a live stream with old Peter. We love his sense of humor and his passion for all things supply chain. So great to see you here. Mark Preston, uh, a member of the uh, AME Board of Directors. And Aline Guru, Continuous Improvement Guru, is with us via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Mark. Uh, I should say, Corinne, you mentioned the Supply Chain Now team earlier. Amanda and Jada and uh, Clay and Allie, all behind the scenes helping us with production here today. And our new friend, Austin. So Austin is helping us make today's conversation happen. John Martinez via LinkedIn. I think John is in San Antonio. Wonderful city. So, John, great to see you here. Catherine McCleary. Uh, Catherine, great to see you via LinkedIn. I think she's from the, the Kansas City area, Corinne. Have you ever I think met Catherine? So. I think so. Yeah, I think um, I think she's part of the Kansas City fan club. I know she's a Chiefs fan. Yes. I know that about Catherine. But uh, great to see you. I think her organization's had some big news here lately. And then finally, and then we can't get to everybody, but hey, keep the comments coming. Big Show Bob Bova is with us via uh, Facebook, uh, doing some big things out there. I think he's in... Uh, you like that? <laughs> I just the way you between Peter Peter Belay all night all day. I mean, you've got some really good interest going here. Well, you know, I spent some time near a copier machine for earlier parts of my career to, to hone in on my nickname ability. But Bob is a wonderful, always uh, adds a lot to our live stream. So great to see you here, uh, Bob. And Catherine is confirming Kansas City, born right. and raised. So all right, uh, we'll see. Okay, so with no further ado, we've got two outstanding guests. Everybody, you're in for a treat as we talk. We dive in more into user experience and digital transformation. You know, 
why it matters, uh, how our company is accomplishing it. So stay tuned. I want to welcome in Corinne Zahir Palampour, CEO of Azul Arc, and his colleague, Stacey Worthen, Vice President of Design and Product Management. Hey, hey, good afternoon, Zahir and Stacey. How are we doing? Good. Great, thank you. Great to see you. Enjoyed the pre-show conversation. We enjoyed our direct collaboration uh, mm-hmm. in, in uh, the previous months. And I'll tell you what y'all are experts in and what we're going to be talking about today is in-demand folks are, are just dying to learn more proven best practices. So are y'all ready to go? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Good deal. So y'all, you, you can assure us that you ate your Wheaties this morning. Is that right? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to share, share that. Uh, we did some supply chain one-on-one classes with uh, elementary students uh, months ago, years ago. And uh, that was one of the questions I would ask them. And finally, the 17th time I asked them, and all of them gave me those blank stares, what are Wheaties? Uh, I was rec- it was recommended to me, I got to update my references. You know, kids don't eat Wheaties anymore. So uh, good, good things to keep between the ears. But let's get to know you both a little better. Before we start talking user experience and digital transformation, mm-hmm. I want to get to know and share a little bit about each of y'all with our community. Corinne, does that sound like a good starting point? Sounds like a good starting point. All right. So let's uh, start with you, uh, Zaheer. So you're based like the rest of us here in Metro Atlanta. Is that right? That's right. Yes. And uh, what I hear, little birdie told me that when you're not out there leading uh, experience building projects and, and digital transformation, it's all about cooking and squash in the Palampur household. <laughs> Is that right? That's certainly some of the two primary activities that we engage with, absolutely. And I also hear you're basically the, a world champion in both. Is that right? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> All right. Hey, we gotta have we gotta have fun uh, hey, on, wait, on the front Scott, of these. Point of clarification: not cooking squash, but cooking and <laughs> right. the game of squash. Okay, just squash, I just want right. to make yes. sure everybody's yep, with us. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, my my son's uh, um, you know has been working kind of on the side for a few years now in the restaurant industry. He's very passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not he went to school to study computers and then biz- and business, but I, I think that's where he's going to land. So. We really enjoy kind of getting together, cooking together. It's a lot of fun. We have some pretty gourmet meals out here. Okay, so, so I got to I got to ask you one more question. Then, um, what is the what's your go to dish if you want to if you and your family want to impress people with your culinary expertise? What's your go to? Well, I recently had some folks over, and we did a combination of kind of the east and the west, and I I, I cooked steaks in kind of a western you know, traditional steak style, and then we also grilled. Uh, steaks in, in kind of a kebab format and, and that went down pretty well and we matched them with some you know good relevant wines um i had a side of the business that, what do you, you want to be a guest wine. at his house is what <laughs> <laughs> so zaheer what are you doing tonight can i invite myself over uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> all right um so zaheer welcome glad you're here with us today stacy thank you um let's yeah. get to know you a little better so you are recently uh, you just moved to richmond virginia is that right yep just all a right. year or so ago. Okay. All right. So you've had you've had time to kind of uh, you know get around, check out the, the place, the local markets, restaurants, the local scene, right? Yeah, it's kind of a bad time to move, but <laughs> it's been it's been a nice transition. Okay. So as we chatted pre-show too, Jada, uh, part mm-hmm. of the production team, one of the fearless production leaders here, also uh, calls Richmond home. What do you? Um, What's been your favorite part about Richmond thus far? I think it's just exploring different areas. You know, when you move to a new city, it's just 
finding those little pockets and places and playgrounds and parks that make it feel like home. So yeah, we've just been exploring and it's been great to find new places. Love that. And uh, we were also talking pre-show about your family. You have uh, two girls that keep you busy. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Two little girls. One is three and a half. One is just turned one. So just, yeah, chasing them around all day pretty much when I'm not (laughs) with a (laughs) Zulark. Love it. So what's a final question for you? You know, we love talking about food here. Uh, Have have their food tastes, um, you know, what they like, what they hate so far? Yeah. Hmm. Well, my littlest one will eat anything. Thank goodness. Uh, my <laughs> oldest is a little pickier, but yeah, they're pretty good. They, they like everything. We're trying to get them into more spicy foods and expand their palates, but yeah, no, I don't know. They like everything. <laughs> they like everything. We were about to compare and contrast there because yes. we've got three and our oldest two are both daughters and my oldest is the pickiest eater. And our middle child just loves, she's very eclectic and loves to also cook. Uh, so we'll have to compare notes later on. Yes. And as uh, Catherine shares, Zaheer, yeah. and I'll add Stace to this, feel free to share recipes. Uh, Amanda says steak and wine sounds pretty awesome to me. <laughs> and uh, John says, Zaheer, you said the magic word, steak. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of fans here. Who knows, you may have a, a cooking show in your future, both of you. Okay. Well, welcome. Well, just on that note, very quickly, where you know, it's funny you'll ask that question. You know, on our website, we have a blog, which is sort of your classic corporate blog that shares information and insights around digital product development and design. But I was actually just on a call yesterday with our team, where we're going to kind of switch that around. We're going to have a work and live section, and in the live section, we're just going to be talking about food and good restaurants and you know just experiences because we kind of look at you know believe about the, you know believe in the whole person. And so, you know, that, that kind of extends us from just not being all about work, but about living. I love that. See here. I love that. In fact, we're kindred spirits. You know, we just launched for fun. <laughs> we just launched a Facebook group called Supply Chain Chow just to talk okay. about food. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, I got, I've got to join that one. <laughs> uh, and I also should, should add this from Catherine. Her kids collectively only like about seven foods. So, man. <laughs> Um, all right, so Corinne, we, we could talk. Uh, yeah, let me rope this back this in because the food topic is near and dear yeah, to Scott's yeah. heart. So, um, are, we, are we changing this from user experience to food experience? No, I want to talk about um, digital transformation and specifically that that user experience or the customer experience. So here, talk to me a little bit about why this is so important right now and top of mind and. And what you're seeing in the marketplace as far as the ability to drive more value um, across the organization, whether we're talking about a user experience, a customer experience, it's just that engagement that happens. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, when we talk about digital uh, transformation, there's, there's a lot of information and there's a lot happening out there. And we're achieving a lot of the uh, benefits that have been talked about for a long time. So, for example, you have these much larger, more complex engagements around um, artificial intelligence, the uh, Internet of Things, which, of course, has a big impact on, on the supply chain. Uh, now, those are very significant, complex uh, engagements um, that take a lot of time and resources. Um, but along with that, you also have the opportunity to, to drive much more focused uh, initiatives, initiatives, sorry, around um, creating d- digital experiences 
for your customer, looking at how they interact, observing, you know, kind of how they interact in the real world, and then kind of working from the outside in to develop specific applications and tools that allow them to engage much more significantly with your organization to create more transparency um, and help them be more successful and effective than what they do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Zihir, one of the things I think is so important around that is, um, you know, our typical users have changed dramatically. I mean, we are we are dealing with a community of digital natives. They have grown up with more power in the palm of their hand than we had 20 years ago or 30 years ago from an enterprise perspective. And they expect to be able to engage in that very kind of quick, let me interpret it, tell me where to go. And your team is really focused in this area to, to bring those capabilities about. Talk to us just a little bit about how you, Stacy, the team are harnessing those capabilities to, to change and transform the clients that you serve. Um, you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I think today, particularly the younger generations, you know, they, you know technology is embedded in their mm. experiences versus we like we learned how to use technology. And COVID has actually just, you know, accelerated that part significantly. Um, so, um, you, know, our, you know, we work with our clients, typically engaging them first in, in you know, what we really emphasize is kind of going through a process of discovery. Um, and we have several methods and tools that allow you to, you know, engage and understand your user base and then kind of work backwards in terms of like architecting the right solution that addresses those problems that the, users, the user might be facing. Um, or the opportunities to effectively engage. Um, and, and then from there, we start actually designing uh, and building the solution. Um, so that's sort of the approach that we take here. There's a lot of great tools that help you do that. I, I think Stacey is going to touch on some very specific tools and methods that we can be using to, to effectively understand that user experience and, and design the product for that user. Great. And so, Stacey, tell us a little bit about that. So when, when a client comes to you and says, I need help. Yes, I understand my user experience is not what we want it to be. How do you walk them through that process? What's the tool or the process that you use to kind of help them visualize the possibilities? Yeah, well, I think, of course, Zihar mentioned the discovery process. And we unwrap that a little bit at the heart of it. It's really who are my users? What are the, what are the problems that they're facing? What are the goals that we're trying to achieve and finding that focus for achieving that? So we, so really quick, mm -hmm. Stacey, um, that what you just shared is so important and, and whether it is digital transformation projects or many others, it seems like oftentimes we jump right over that discovery process and we and, and maybe teams don't know what success looks like and what we're after. How, um, how critical is that first step? And, you know, just, if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to add to that point. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right out there. I mean, we have so many customers that have come to us and said, I know exactly what I want to have built. And it's amazing, you know, as soon as we actually get engaged in the process and through discovery and onwards, so much of those preconceptions mm. that they have change. It's, it's quite remarkable. I mean, it happens every single time. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Happens every time. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we basically take you through a process where we help get to that, get to the meat, get to the good stuff of how, talking to your users. So there's a lot of ways that you can engage with users. I think sometimes it feels um, intimidating, but ultimately 
it's really just talking to people. So you right. could have five users, talk to them for a half hour each, ask very specific questions, understand their pain points. You can do surveys. Um, you can install software like something called Hotjar, full story onto your existing platforms. Um, and it gives you user behavior. So there's, of course, we can walk you through something very specific and do those engagements. Um, and that will, that's, you know, getting more out of people and kind of digging deeper. But on the surface, anyone can really do some of those, some uh, user research. Mm. So I want to pause there for a second. I want to share a couple of quick comments that we've gotten here from the stream here, starting with Kelly Barner, who hosts our Dial P for Procurement series here at Supply Chain Now. Uh, I really appreciate Zahir Palampour's point about younger generations seeing technology as embedded. It may not be a huge difference, but it is, it is a nuance between their mindset and how those of us with more experience think about the user experience. Excellent, excellent point. Amanda adds, who are my users? What are the problems they're facing? And what are we trying to achieve? Going back to uh, Stacy, how critical that discovery uh, aspect is, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then I would you know, just one one quick yeah, example please. out here. It's like, uh, and you know, I have teenage kids. They don't like email. Yeah. You know, they don't respond to my email. <laughs> for them, it's all about chat. Um, you know, some form of chat. And so, if you don't kind of think about that, mm. you know, we're not going to be able to engage and interact more effectively. So, you've got to be thinking about these different channels on how people communicate and what you know their preferred methods are. That's such a great point. You know, uh, Corinne, I don't know if I've shared this with you. We had a one of our one of my favorite team members. All of them are my favorites. But um, years ago, uh, I was um, we were I, I, he was using a platform that we use here for the first time, and probably in typical um, what I typically do, I over explain. And, you know, and, and I was showing him how to use this platform, and he he goes, Scott, time out. Look, I'm a digital native. I can figure this out in two minutes. I'm good. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was that moment of clarity that really belies the point you are both making. Um, you know, uh, and I think the other really valuable lesson learned is, you know, getting you know, business leaders you're working with, they may have a solution in their mind, but it may not be the best one for them. And that's where y'all's role in terms of uh, consultative and, and using your expertise to help them kind of maybe not be so married to that one solution. Y'all see that a lot? Definitely. And I wanted to add one point to yeah, what please. you were saying earlier. I think another just point is context. I think people forget, you know, there's your desktop, there's your phone, there's right. Alexa, there's all these different ways that you can interact with people and users. And one type of device might not be the right one for the problem that you're trying to solve. So just another thing to keep in mind when we're thinking mm. solution focus. Excellent point. And there are, uh, I think someone's very popular because we're they're getting lots of emails and texts right this second. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you know um, let's talk about, before we move to Zaheer and talk about, you know, how can business leaders tackle um, you know, digital transformation, user experience, um, uh, optimize those experiences. Let's make sure um, that we really flesh out how organizations, you know, what else are y'all seeing organizations do right just just now to um, to enhance these experiences that their users have? What else are y'all seeing out there? And you know, I'll let Stacy take that question because she's right in the midst of it. I just want to share one example to kind of, you know, that, that I think leads into this is, you know, um, in understanding the user as much as possible, if you can rely on observation, um, that sometimes tends to be the most effective way of understanding how, 
you know, your user interacts. So some of the tools that she mentioned, like Hot Drive, that's more about observation in terms of how they really do stuff versus what they're telling you. Um, so that aspect is, is so critical. And just a quick example, um, you know, from, from the real world, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Heinz SketchUp send a few folks to people's houses. That's not normally easily doable. And that led to the ketchup bottle that was designed kind of upside down, which was a remarkable, it, it, the amount of growth that that drove, that just that one idea, it was not about changing the ketchup. It was just about changing the packaging so that you could have the ketchup bottle flipped over and get that last bit of ketchup from there. Uh, that innovation that came from observation drove so much growth in business for them. So, you know, there's these little ideas and then, you know, the more you rely on observation, the more effective you'll be. But, um, sorry, Stacey, you know, and we've done some real interesting work with clients and you know, she can share a few examples. Yeah, I also think, uh, Stacey, I know you, you probably have a, an opinion on this, but I also think taking that kind of mobile first strategy in today's mm -hmm. age is really important, especially for enterprise type customers, whether they're working on, you know, enterprise class supply chain applications or some other application uh, in their business that we need to think about it from being accessed on mobile devices first. Mm -hmm. And how do we make that navigation quick and easy and intuitive versus the more traditional, very dense screens that we see in a lot of enterprise applications. And, and that's one thing your team does really well in that design process and quick navigation. So um, tell us a little yeah. more about that. Yeah, one thing I'll say about mobile is that I think you, I think some of the most successful apps out there are extremely focused. You know, mm -hmm. mobile isn't meant to be a lot of different complicated things. That's what the web applications are for. That's what your desktop computer is for. So when we talk about mobile focused um, in terms of what we're actually building and what the user is actually doing, because you, you can only do so much on your phone. So just keeping that in mind when you're designing and kind of thinking about what the users really need. That's so true. You know, despite our best efforts to do everything and then some, right, and on our phones, there are certain limitations. And, and there's also limitations, you know, uh, in this omni-channel environment. Everyone is not on their phone for every transaction and every interaction, right? So that seems to be, to your last point, Stacey, an important uh, component when you're planning the solution and really under, uh, planning for the right optimized solution. Um, all right. So Zaheer, anything else to add about, you know, what you're seeing organizations do before we get into, you know, kind of how can folks do it? Um, you know, you have, you know, what Stacey said, kind of mobile applications. So we're seeing particularly kind of from a supply chain perspective, you know, the ab ability to uh, equip your sales team, mm -hmm. your front end of the office with um, mobile devices that, that allow you to kind of validate inventory out there in the field. Uh, to check back and provide quick and easy answers, uh, you know, all tied back into the supply chain. So those very focused type applications that allow your front end to, to have access there, uh, you know, I think is one significant thing we've seen happen and we've worked with a lot of uh, companies, you know, to, to build uh, tools like that for them. Um, of course, sorry, go ahead. No, no, um, that's good. Um, I'm still thinking ketchup. I'm still thinking that the Hans example is such a good one. Going back to food. Yes. Um, but, it, but really, you know, um, going back again, I, th I think, you know, everyone can relate to ketchup and, and everyone can relate to seeing that bottle. And, and as you talked about earlier, you know, sometimes we can cling 
to the rules that that have gotten us here, right? When that doesn't, that's not what the, the next solution is all about. And that ketchup bottle is is, is just the, the perfect example. I want to share this comment from Mark Preston. So Mark is all about, he's a lean guru, continuous improvement, manufacturing leader. He says, value in the eyes of the customer and different customers mm-hmm. have different profiles and value needs. Okay. Looking forward to discovering more with you on Monday. Oh, AME, the Lean Sensei Assessment. But you know, Stacey, speak to that point for a minute because, you know, it's not as if it's just one mm-hmm. customer out there and they all like the same exact thing. How do you how do you plan for that diversity of the, the, the market? Yeah, I mean, definitely. There, are, there could be many users using one platform and the ways to manage that, again, obviously understanding what each user profile needs. We have exercises and tools that we can use to get that information, extract it. Um, but then from the design standpoint, implementing design and actions that specifically apply to those users, that's how we ultimately accomplish it. It's kind of that customization for user types, you know, within the platform. Stacey, what's the, what's the hardest part about launching one of these initiatives? So when, when your team gets involved and starts leading a client through this process, what, what's the toughest point? What's the toughest part of getting that underway? I think it's the hardest thing is for people to refine scope. Most, mm-hmm. most people want to build, you know, get everything in. And I think, you know, you kind of have to prove your hypothesis in a way. You build the first iteration of it, you test it, you get feedback, you do rounds of that, and then you have your product. You have your first starting point and you use it and you get it out in the market and then you can keep building. And that's really the approach that we like to take, but I think it's, it is a challenge when you come in, you have a lot of ideas, you have a lot of problems, you have a lot of users, things you want to try and do and um, honing in on that maybe single thing or many, a couple of things that are really big pain points is usually what is the most successful. Well, having the discipline to you know, determine what not to include ah. is as important mm-hmm. as, as, as sort of what you're including, if not sometimes more important, I think. In fact, I think, you know, Steve Jobs that said um, when he was asked about, you know, what, what he was really proud of about, you know, kind of the, the iPhone, he was like, it, it, that was one of the things he said, it was, it was our team's discipline, you know, for, to say no and not to include certain things into what we designed, uh, you know, was as important as what we actually, you know, came up with and did. So that, that, that is definitely an important factor. Yeah, so here, that. That, that is a great, that's a great point because scope creep is real. I mean, it's it's real <laughs> and it is tempting for all of us. Yes. So, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with your team. There's two things that stuck out to me. One is great project management, right? Great mm-hmm. at kind of keeping us moving forward. So kudos uh, to the Azul Arc team for that. The second is they were able to bring to the conversation perspective from lots of different types of applications, mm-hmm. lots of different user experiences. And that was really valuable to say, you know, they, they might come back to the table and say, you know, here are three or four different options. Um, don't be distracted by the fact that this is a restaurant and you're talking about a business to business environment. It was more the metaphor that was being used. And I think that type of expertise is really valuable in tapping into that user experience and that transformative mm-hmm. process. So Stacy, how do you kind of get that information sharing across your team so that they're 
they're constantly cross-pollinating and sharing ideas of what's working as, as you're working with a variety of different different customers or different clients. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Um, I think sometimes some of the best ideas come from looking across the spectrum. And even if it's not your industry, what are some things that are easy or done really well? And how can I use that and apply it to what I'm doing? Um, you know, I think the main thing there is just keeping an open mind and mm. continuing to explore all different avenues. Yeah, I, exactly what you said. That's right. <laughs> Love that. Um, you know, uh, Zahir also, Steve Jobs talked about the, the, the immense value of saying no, right? Kind of going to some of your points you both are making, right? You can't have everything, nor should you have everything. You got you to gotta turn, um, you got to say no to some of the bells and whistles, right? To, to arrive at that truly optimized solution. Um, all right, so I want to uh, share this from Amanda. She says, thinking about different communication channels and their preferred methods of communicating, again, so important to mm -hmm. think about. Serving the customer in the way that's most effective for them is important to consider. Excellent point there. Uh, Catherine is a huge fan of Hotjar. I think one of y'all mentioned that earlier for user experience audits on websites. Um, and then one last comment here from Big Show Bob Bova says, Edge architecture is growing so fast now for the optimization of customer experience, but also inside the supply chain with the uh, at the point of work capabilities and speed. Excellent point mm -hmm. there, Bob. Okay, so um, before we move on, you know, one, one of the last things we're gonna talk about is, is how can business leaders tackle these types of projects? But it just dawned on me, we need to kind of fill in the gap and make sure folks know mm. what Azul Arc does. So, um, so Zaheer, let's, let's define that, and then we're gonna move to how can folks get to work and, and create these uh, projects. Sure. So um, at Azulak, we're passionate about designing and building digital products. So we, we, we help our clients through, you know, as we've been talking about the customer experience, kind of going through the discovery process. Uh, we then actually design out the solution. So we have a team, a great team of people that do the UX and the UI work. Here we have um, creative, you know, kind of the creative resources as well. And then we get into um, actual software development. So we actually design and you know, then build the custom software that, that our clients are looking to get done. Um, so build applications for the web, for mobile devices, we do websites as well. Um, and then you know we help them. And then of course we have a testing team that does you know kind of rigorous testing kind of for the back end um, uh, and then to deployment. And then you know, we're big believers in road mapping. Um, which kind of partly uh, addresses the question that, you know, what, what is it that you want to include and say yes or no to? Because we like to sort of look at, like, what is that sort of core initial component that you want to kind of deploy? So we do engage with our clients over the long term and continue to help build and, and develop um, because you learn so much more once you actually deploy um, the application. So, so that's sort of in a nutshell what, what we do as an organization. I love that. I love that. Um, I want to share this comment from John, too. John says he feels capturing the voice of the customer during the initial planning phase is key, but more than ever, we need to promote agile systems that can evolve and shift with the least amount of effort. Excellent point there, John. Mm -hmm. Amanda, identifying what not to include is as important as knowing what to include. So true and takes a ton of discipline. Good stuff there. Okay. So let's talk, and, and Zahir, we'll stay with you, and then uh, Stacy, whatever you'd like to add to this this next question. You know, business leaders um, oftentimes can struggle. I love that, but how do I do it? I need that, but how do I do it? Um, so Zahir, 
you know, how can business leaders get started and, and, and create winning and successful initiatives along these lines? Sure, absolutely. So um, oftentimes when you're like looking at building tools and applications, uh, you know, you are looking for an outside partner to work with you. Um, you know, in our experience, uh, a lot of firms that have inside IT groups normally also are more focused on kind of managing and maintaining enterprise systems. Um, so, you know, the first and most important thing is finding that right partner. Um, there's a lot of great tools out there. And, you know, we've got sort of much like you have Yelp for the food industry, we've got tools, uh, we've got review sites like Clutch. Um, I'm, I'm keeping that food analogy. But <laughs> we've, got Clutch, we've got Clutch, you know, we've got Clutch, which is a great source to, to vet and look at, you know, um, reviews for uh, the different companies that perform these types of services. Um, you know, I feel it's as important to look at the technical skills um, as it is to look at the software skills. I think sometimes that gets missed because you're not delivering a product or widget to, to the cloud. You're actually building a collaborative solution with them and you're going to be working with the team that you choose for you know, oftentimes very extended periods of, of time. So it's important to understand sort of the, the software side of the effective in communicating, uh, you know, uh, what's the culture and personality of that company? Do you align well with that? So those are other aspects or, or, or insights that you want to try to get as much as you can up front. Um, and then the other piece, of course, is what we've been talking about is like engaging first in discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, too many people want to jump that step and get straight into kind of, okay, I want you to come back to me with a proposal to develop the whole solution. Uh, it's a little bit like going to a builder and saying, I want to build a house but without any architectural plans. You know, you, you really do need to go through that discovery and kind of at least blueprint to a high, a high level what is you know, um, that, that, that architecture that we're creating um, for the, user, the users that we plan to serve. So I think those are two really important steps. Um, you know, the one thing we tell clients too is that if you, if you engage initially in discovery, you actually help solve for the other issue about, you know, can we work together? Because you're kind of starting in a more limited, um, uh, at a limited level to do that first piece where, you, where you're able to get the whole, you know, kind of core architecture together. But you're also learning to see if this is somebody that you can actually work with. Um, so, you know, I think those are really, you know, two important kind of first steps um, that, that, that you want to address when, you, when you're engaging with somebody. Um, beyond that, we do, put, you know, um, get into the agile process. And, you know, maybe Stacey can talk more about kind of our process when to engage. Wonderful. Stacey, what, what would you add? Um, well, I was going to add that just part of our discovery process, just kind of pushing again, user experience and why it's so important, we, we design actual screens as a secondary part of our process. And really the first part is all about those questions. Who are users? What are their goals? Just going back to that. What are we trying to solve? And we talk a lot. We ask a lot of questions. We have work sessions. We engage with you. And I think once we get all of that, then we can start designing. Then we can think about what does it look like? Who, what is the context? Um, but it's just so important to have those conversations up front, like Zahir was saying. And it really does save, really, cost, scope. We make all those decisions up front, um, and it, it helps with the future engagements and development process. Love that. Um, we, we use a process called object-oriented UX design. Mm-hmm. So that's just a you know, kind of very specific um, mm-hmm. methodology that we use, and you know, there's information about that on the web. Um, we also, there's a lot, a lot of great tools now too um, uh, for for creating wireframes. So you know, just from, from a practical tool standpoint, you know, there's uh, Figma has now become very popular as a tool that one can use. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, audience is looking for specific ideas and tools where there's 
There's a lot of great stuff there. And then, of course, when you get into development, um, you know, we do follow the agile process. Uh, you know, we're kind of working in typically two week increments um, where we're delivering, um, you know, kind of, or we have deliverables, you know, user stories that we actually code and build and then deliver to our clients every mm-hmm. two weeks. So that's, yeah, that's a fairly uh, standard um, industry process that, that is being followed now. There's also lots of, lots of interesting things happening on test, in, in testing as well. Sounds like it. Um, and we should say hello. Hello, Samuel tuned in via LinkedIn from Panama. Welcome, welcome. John had a great question for, for really you both, especially Stacy, about do you have any advice to share with capturing the voice of the customer in the initial conversation? But then he says, you just answered my question. So y'all are just that good as a here and Stacy. Awesome. All right. So, you know, Corinne, where do you, um, after hearing from Stacy and Zaheer, and of course collaborating with them, we've seen this firsthand, what comes to your mind in terms of some of the, the, the most critical things they've shared here today? So I, I think one of the things that's really critical, Zaheer was just getting at, and that's um, along with Stacy talking about the agile process, is, is to incrementally layer on, if you will, additional capabilities. So confirming a user experience and then diving into a process a little deeper and a little deeper. I, I think it really helps the client, the customer, come along that journey with you. Right. It's not it doesn't happen in a black box somewhere. It's a very engaging process that I think allows the Zoolark team the opportunity to validate constantly, ask questions and verify, you know, are we meeting that customer experience, that user experience need or do we need to make some changes before we're too deep in this process? So. I don't know. Stacy and her team are kind of like counselors in this process too, right? They're asking questions yeah. constantly and validating needs and presenting options. So, um, Stacy, you guys do that in a very collaborative way. I, I don't know what the secret sauce is, but help our, our listeners understand, you know, why that's so important and maybe the cadence that those touch points occur in. Yeah, definitely. So, I'll give a shout out to Sophia Prater. She's the one who developed object-oriented UX. Um, and that's really the methodology we follow for trying to get this information from our customers and help them create the best possible experience. So that's a series of work sessions, a lot of documentation that we create from that process that gets everyone on the same page and make sure we're hitting the same goals ultimately, you know, throughout the entire process, whether it's with our customer or with our users or with even our development team. Um, And really at the heart of it is, again, the users, but we also talk about mental models and Mm -hmm. there's mental models when it comes to the actual UI. What are people familiar with? What are they used to interacting with? Like Instagram or, you know, Facebook feeds. Those are very standard now. We don't need to redesign that, recreate it. Um, But so using some of those things and, and, And also when we talk about mental models, we're talking about real world situations and what exists today and how we can build technology based off of that. So we're not trying to recreate an existing um, idea basically that exists in the real world. We're just trying to transform it and make it work in a phone or on the web. So those are some of the things that we touch on. Yeah, just on that point, I mean, you want to keep keep the sort of thinking and creative um, energy focused in, you know, the relevant areas. You know, you, you don't need to redesign the sign up or, or the login process. Mm-hmm. People are used to a method. 
It's like you don't want to redesign a keyboard every time you create a computer, right? Because people are, are used to a certain method of doing that. So, you know, what you want to be created with is sort of those high-impact, meaningful areas that are unique to what you're trying to develop for your, for your user. Yeah. So here, give us a couple of examples of the types of um, applications that your team has delivered. Um, so I, I think that um, our audience might be surprised at just the wide variety of of types of applications that you've been able to help clients with? Uh, sure. Um, you know, so we, you know, we built a lot of, um, you know, I think uh, we talked earlier about kind of building technology that builds business. So one of the things that we love doing is uh, helping entrepreneurial companies um, build technologies that they build their entire business around. We've created, um, uh, you know, for, 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 for a client, kind of like an, almost like an Airbnb, like internal Airbnb, uh, application to manage and maintain their uh, membership. This is in the uh, own location homes in uh, all across the Americas. Uh, we recently designed something called Smart Studio, which is for um, um, uh, which is kind of reinventing the, the how you manage your fitness uh, studios. Uh, that's been a really interesting journey. There, Stacey's been extremely involved with that. Um, you know, we've done you know kind of projects for for larger clients where we build customer portals. Uh, we've done one for a manufacturing company where we do RF, um, where, where they can, uh, their distributors and dealers can go very quickly, check inventory levels, mm. and then do requests for pricing. Um, and and you know, so the sales team gets, gets this information uh, you know, coming to them, and it makes it much easier for the dealers and distributors. Uh, we've done uh, you know, some interesting work for Deutz uh, in terms of finding um, um, service parts, um, including if a certain part is not available. Is there an earlier mod- model of that that is available that, that, that can be used in, you know, instead of it? So, so we've done like, a lot of very specific types of applications as well. So, so is it here? Um, that that that's got to sell like hotcakes, especially in this environment where service parts, they're they're everyone's searching high and low for service parts, mm-hmm. right? The lead times have quadrupled, uh, quadrupled, and then some. So I bet I bet uh, that's an intriguing um, opportunity because if you can find a substitute that. Uh, it's an inventory somewhere. Who knows, Corinne? You might get a dishwasher working <laughs> earlier <laughs> than expected. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Love that. Um, so, Corinne, I, you you are right. Um, I had no idea the wide range mm-hmm. of solutions and industries and sectors and, and types of problems that Azul Arc uh, have been working hard to fit to address. Yeah, absolutely. I think they they take this skill set, right, of, of certainly application developers, but this this user experience driven approach um, that can really be applied to solve a multitude of business problems. So um, I, I think it's um, it's very engaging. Uh, they'll they'll help you achieve. Uh, your goals right out of the gate. And then as Zaheer said, you know, kind of put a plan in place, maybe to roll out additional capabilities or Mm -hmm. functionality. But um, I really like the perspective that they bring from different industries to tackling problems, right? So problems in the, in, in the supply chain space, right? Which might be actually visualized very well with, um, uh, a user interface or a user metaphor that's used in a service industry or used in the restaurant business, for example, or a menu option. 
Um, mm -hmm. So um, be sure to kind of tap into those skills versus coming forward and saying, I want X, Y, Z, and it's a box this big, and it has these three buttons mm -hmm. on it. Because you might, you might end up with something really exciting and interesting if you open the possibility for additional expertise in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Well said. I'll just say, you know, Stacey and her team have been doing some really interesting work in like looking at a lot of supply chain data mm -hmm. and, and kind of designing how you can make it more easily consumable. Yep. Because that's sometimes can be the problem. You've got so much information. You know, how do you design it so that it's just so much more easy mm -hmm. to consume? Um, and so that, that's kind of another area that we've done quite a bit of work. Absolutely. I Absolutely. I mean, it is the transformation, right? It's taking these data heavy, and our data mm -hmm. is doubling, tripling, quadrupling on a regular basis, right? And transforming that data into actionable Right. insights or activities. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think that that's, you know, that's done through the user experience. Love that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, can I ask y'all a surprise question here at the, as we start to wrap up today's conversation? Sure. Um, and this is a, this is a, this is a uh, softball question. <laughs> um, so um, y'all are so focused on experiences, obviously, right? That, that's a big part of, of, of the work, the great work you do and, and the solutions that you build uh, as consumers right? As, as customers yourselves, are there any uh, recent experiences or companies that come to mind that, that y'all think are just, it's a, it's a model for, you know, how the customer user experience should be? Any, any, mm. any uh, customer, uh, companies come to mind? i got to think about that one a second. Well, as you think about it, yeah. so Corinne, we talk, we talk a lot about uh, Chick-fil-A around here, right? It's such a, it stands out. And, and even during the pandemic, as you've seen almost every single restaurant, how they've adjusted their operations to keep cranking out those chicken sandwiches that the country's yep. addicted to, right? Um, Corinne, when it, what about any other companies in your recent experiences that, that really was real positive for you? Well, I think Chick-fil-A continues to be a really good example for a couple of things. One, you remember that as vaccines and testing, um, you know, were underway, that they used the drive-throughs at Chick-fil-A. Like they came and studied the drive-through process to really accelerate that. So again, you never know where that inspiration is going to come from. But right. my my adult sons have that Chick-fil-A app on their phone, right? And and it, they, yes, they love the chicken sandwich, but the ease of ordering and use, right, back to that user experience um, makes it easy for them. And I guess they, you know, they earn award points in different things as well. Um, but it's taking that, how do we, how do we create that stickiness, that ease of use that our customers or our users want to come back and use the applications that we're putting in place to really drive di digital transformation. Excellent point. Excellent point. And, and thank you, Kelly. Uh, and, and so I got to put the onus on you, Kelly. Give us a recent uh, experience you've had that really hit it out of the park from a world-class standpoint. Um, Zaheer, same question to you. Any, any recent experiences come to your mind? Um, well, I mean, in, in, from a digital perspective, you know, I'm just going to share that I, I you know, am keeping with our food team. I love the app called Vivino. Uh, Vivino is a, you know, an app for, like, that, that you can kind of scan a bottle of wine. It tells you everything about, about the wine that you want, want to know. Um, I can, if, I, if I buy wine, I can you know, uh, save it. And so it has a digital seller. Love that. So I know exactly what's in there. So that, that's a great sort of tour application that I find myself using all the time because it's so practical and, uh, and effective. I love that. All right. So now not only can you cook great foods here, but you have great wine. So you part, everybody's at Zaheer's house tonight. So love that. Yeah, I think I, we, we had a small sort of 
side passion project with another entrepreneur where we actually um, had this app called Reno app, which is all about Argentine uh, wines from Argentina. Mm. Um, so. Man, I love that. <laughs> Uh, Amanda's also heard great things about the Vino app. Uh, Kelly mm-hmm. Barner <laughs> says, agree on Chick-fil-A. And now Tim, my 11-year-old, wants to know what show I'm watching since we're discussing <laughs> Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'll tell you, it is it is amazing. Uh, and, and Mark Preston, who was on this live stream earlier, um, he's had the, the great um, opportunity to kind of see behind the scenes at Chick-fil-A and, and, and rub elbows with their leadership. And it's really amazing. They've got a um, – here in the Atlanta area where they're headquartered, they've got a um, – a really large facility called, I think it's the hatch or the hatchery. I can't remember which one, but it, they've got a full size drive-through so they can, they can experiment with different aspects and, and, and uh, make constant enhancements to, to how they serve the customer. It's a company that really beyond the, the quality of the products that experience, they've taken it very seriously. Um, the other son actually works, um, is, you know, doing a summer job at Chick-fil-A. So he keeps coming back and he's like, Dad, do you know how many potatoes they sell in a day? <laughs> it's extraordinary. I mean, they go through like a ton of potatoes, like literally a ton of potatoes every day at the place that, 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 that he's at. So. It's mind-boggling. You're right. Uh, Clay says, Apple Store is great mm-hmm. customer experience. Mark agrees with Vino. I'm going to check out this Vino app. Yeah. It seems like it's all the rage here. Um, okay. So as we, as much as I hate it, cause I think we're scratching the surface on, on y'all's expertise and your capabilities. Um, it, I really, we admire the work you do and, and, and how you do it, right. As Corinne was touched on earlier, but, um, let's make sure folks know how to connect with both of y'all and the Azul Arc team. So is it here for you? How can folks connect with you? Um, I think, you know, um, you can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, you know you know, have a name that's not very common, so it's easy to find me. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a website as well. Um, Austin Beveridge um, is our sales director, so he's a great uh, resource if, you know, um, if, you know, we want to talk about projects. Yes. Um, so those, those probably two different ways. Wonderful. And we're going to make it really easy. We're going to put your, your contact information in the show notes. You're one click away for any of the listeners out there. And by the way, Austin Beveridge, the pride of Indiana, new resident here in Atlanta, uh, sharp individual. Uh, Stacy, same question for you. How can folks connect with you? Yeah, same. LinkedIn, um, through our website. Exactly. And, you know, my name's a little more common, but you should be able to find me. <laughs> it is just that easy. Well, Corinne, uh, before we uh, swoosh our guests out, any final comments uh, from you while they're here with us? No, just thanks for, for sharing some of your expertise with us here today. I think this is a topic that's um, that's really important, that user experience or keeping the end consumer in mind as we're developing new technology or even transforming existing technology. So um, thanks for the creativity you bring to uh, the conversation, but also the strong process uh, behind that. So I think that helps to keep the projects and initiatives um, on schedule and um, getting the feedback that you need in order to to leverage that agile process and, and move forward. Mm, I couldn't have said it better. Very, very uh, well said there, Corinne. Well, big thanks. Uh, Zahir Palampour, CEO with Azul Arc, his colleague, Stacey Worthen, Vice President Design and Product Management. Thank you to you both. And, and hey, uh, happy cooking and squash playing and uh, uh, daughter playing uh, throughout the weekend. Kid Thank you both. Thank you so much. Daughter Thanks so much. Yes, chasing daughters, I'm sure, three and one, uh, three and a half and one years old. Good times, um, good times. Absolutely. Um, all right, so Corinne, 
um, so much there, and it really um, that's a tough conversation to fit into an hour because you know we're we're scraping at the surface of of all the work they do and the wide variety of work they do, but uh, inarguably. You know that user experience, customer experiences, these these experience factors have never been as important mm-hmm. they are as they are right now to not just uh, measure but constantly enhance. Right. Yep. Yep. I think you have to have that mindset, Scott, of what you just said. It, it's a constant evolution. You can't just sit back on your laurels. And when it comes to customer experience. Um, when it's done well, it's just natural. It's easy. It's intuitive. When it's done poorly, it really gets remembered because people are frustrated um, and it's complicated and maybe they don't know the right combination of, of criteria to select. But good user experience should feel very comfortable to the user in meeting their questions or their needs or their information access um, and then you've got to do what you just said. It, it's got to be an evolution. It's got to continue to evolve as technology evolves um, and as your your capabilities evolve over time. Wonderful. Um, well said. So curveball question for you mm-hmm. is what's to come on Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast? What Can you share anything? You got to keep everything under the hood. Um, well, I, I can't name names on everything, but uh, we, we do have um, a, a couple of folks joining that uh, have got some real innovative and new ideas. Um, And then one member of our Supply Team Now team is actually going to be a guest in an upcoming podcast. So we'll we'll advertise a little more on that as we uh, nail down the details. Um, And then um, actually next week, Scott, you and I have TransPlace uh, in a live stream on Wednesday, August 11th. And we're going to be talking about really their market forecast around freight. And they have done this uh, report and analysis on a regular basis now for a number of years. It's going to be interesting. I really want to invite um, our community to join in that conversation and tap into some of those insights uh, because I think it'll help you run your business better. Agreed. Agreed. But, you know, it's all, all about always about the movers and shakers across global industry at Tech Talk, right? It is. It is. Absolutely. Just like talking about movers and shakers, Zaheer and Stacy, home run guests. Uh, folks, if um, if you want to make some of this uh, these crazy times, these crazy challenges, these tough, complex challenges easier, reach out. And the, the their content information, again, content information, again, would be in the show notes. We'll try to make it everything as easy as possible. Right, Corinne? We do. We do indeed. User experience. (laughs) User experience. Nice. Nicely done. Um, All right. So big thanks to all of y'all that tuned in. Really appreciate all the comments and and some of the questions. Loved Zaheer and Stacy's expertise that they they put on display here today. Check out Azul Arc. Uh, Big thanks to my co-host, my fearless co-host, one Corinne Bursa. Be sure to check out Tech Talk Digital Supply Chain Podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Corinne, give me one good good thing that you're looking forward to going into the weekend, and then I'll wrap. I don't know. Between all the talk about food and wine and Chick-fil-A drive throughs maybe all three of those are in my future. Let's keep <laughs> our fingers crossed. That's a wonderful weekend. All right. So, hey, everybody, wherever you are, have a wonderful weekend. Most importantly, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. 
Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.